on Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this game, streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday. A big show coming your way today. There's some big trials as well this morning uh, in Sydney town. No Ron Doversy with us as uh, they're doing a, a showcase of the trials on Sky Thoroughbred Central. We've got a good panel today. We've got Chris Roots from the Sydney Morning Herald, Dean Lester in our Melbourne studio to talk about the big racing down there and also Glenn Munsey. And I'll firstly say good morning to Chris Roots. Great to have you on. Uh, Punters post-mortem this morning, Chris, and it was a great day of racing there in uh, in Sydney at Randwick, wasn't it? Oh, we're not sure where Chris is there. We might have to come back to him. I'll come to you then, Munns, because I know you were there at uh, Randwick. Mate, uh, how good was it? Oh, good morning, Dave, and good morning to the listeners this morning. Yes, it was great to be back at the races, and it's always, well, always a little extra buzz when you go back to the races, and all the good horses are starting to come back as uh, we started our, well, it, it is, um, you know, our, our autumn carnival, realistically, albeit we're still in summer here in Sydney, uh, the start of the autumn carnival, and uh, very, very good racing there on Saturday. The cream definitely rose to the top, Dave, which doesn't usually happen first day out, but uh, we saw the real big guns uh, stamped their foot down and said, we're back and yeah. we're going to be very, very hard to beat right throughout the carnival. And uh, it was the, the, a similar situation there in Melbourne. As I say, g'day to Dean Lester. It was good to see some, uh, some nice horses back. But I guess we'll start with it because we touched on it a couple of weeks ago here with Sydney and obviously uh, the Rose Hill track and punters and connections and whatnot weren't happy. Um, and I see Peter Moody and a few others putting the boot into Caulfield on the weekend. How are you, Dino? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's divided opinion down here. Uh, I'm in Moody's Corner on this one. Uh, it, look, it is summer. It's an outdoor sport. There is uh, horse welfare at a premium, but that track, uh, a couple of the jockeys have told me that after they rode in race two, and one of them was uh, third, or one out, one back, and he came back and his gear looked like he'd ridden on a, a soft to heavy track. He had, he had mud splatter all over him. So the inside was definitely off. I mean, if that, if it wasn't, why did they all get off the rail come the feature race? So, uh, I thought it was, uh, I think it's a little bit unfair on the punters. Look, I, obviously, this isn't Sour Grapes as an owner of the first favourite within the boat. We got beaten. Uh, he was down on the inside, but Decent Rain was the second favourite. She was in the same spot, and she got bogged down on the inside. So I think punters probably lost, you know, if they back favourites in the first two races, they did their money uh, learning about a track bias. Yeah, and, and I guess one of the critical things which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago was that, um, you know, uh, say with Rose Hill, uh, where there was obviously an issue and, and, and the, you know, that, that education towards punters, was there any discussion prior to the, the meeting about this watering or did it come up during the meeting on coverage? Because I wasn't in a position to intently watch, say, the racing.com coverage or, or what was coming out of RSN and Victoria, etc.? Yeah, on Friday it was mentioned that there was you right. know, the likelihood of a, a you know it's going to be a warm night and that uh, Tim Bailey was going to apply eight mils of irrigation. Now that's fine because we've seen eight mil of irrigation and it had no impact uh, on Caulfield on race day. I've got a real issue with one thing that uh, has come up recently is 
Uh, they left the grass longer on Saturday, so the grass leaf's going to hold the moisture for longer. Uh, what other sport ha- doesn't have a uniform sort of length of grass on their on their playing pitch? Uh, mm. You know, so on Saturday, uh, yes, they watered to the same amount as other meetings, but they were watering ground that was the grass was longer, so it did hold the moisture for longer. I believe it was for the the two year olds, so that they pulled up well, you know, going towards the Blue Diamond. If that's the case, run the Blue Diamond Preludes races one and two. Uh, Munz, I'll come back to you here on this. Um, how did you think that track played at uh, Randwick on Saturday? I think the track played pretty well, Dave. You didn't really want to be hard up on the inside there. Of course, uh, the previous meeting seven days ago, you didn't want to be near the inside. The, the the winners later in the day were probably, you know, six to eight off the fence on speed runners. The rail went out five metres there Saturday. And as the day wore on, the, the, the winners sort of were wider on the track. But that's normal. Uh, at Ramwick and we, we had just those little scuddy showers throughout the day we actually got a down we had an upgraded track throughout the day and then a downgraded track for the last so we had a different situation on, on Saturday at Ramwick we actually had rain during the meeting uh, which is always the worst sort of moisture you want uh, on on a race day but um, I think overall the track played pretty well I, I don't think there was any horse greatly disadvantaged by the conditions of the track there on Saturday and I think I, I think the, the only disadvantage was um, some punters of course put their faith in the weather bureau again and never got anywhere near the amount of rain that they got but it was very very strange in Sydney Dave over Friday and Saturday the rain the rain band traveled up the coast and crossed uh, the coast just north of sort of Stanwell Park waterfall way and took a left-hand turn and headed in. Now, Denise sat here at home on, on Saturday and, and she kept texting me saying, you can't believe the amount of rain at, at our place. And when I got home, you know, you, you could see the amount of rain we'd had here. And, and I'm only 30 minutes from, from Ramwick and they had basically none. Meeting today. Now, Chris Roots is joining us now. Chris, uh, good morning to you. Welcome to Punners Postmortem. Uh, what did you make of uh, the way that track played in Sydney on Saturday? Well, I thought it was quite good in Sydney. Like it um, raced really, really well, and was um, was pretty pretty fair to to, to all. If you, you get a little bit of an advantage there, if you're on on pace in some races, but um, they sat three wide in the light figures, and just that line just kept rolling. So you know. I don't think you could have any complaints about that track. As for Melbourne, well, we all know what happened there. And um, it just seems like um, it's a problem that's not only um, related to Sydney, Brisbane. It seems everywhere. Once, once in a blue moon, you get a bias track and you've just got to work it out and play with it. Yeah, that is one good point. It's not just sort of, you know, um, one particular, um, you know, state or jurisdiction. It's it's all over the board. I mean, we've got, if you're, if you, you know, you've got to the premier track in Brisbane they can't even race on at the moment so it's just one of those things but it seems like um, it does rear its head more uh, is that a fair point boys it it rears its head more than often more than more than we need it to with with track patterns and bias or is it just because maybe we now have too much data and too much information and too much analysis that really this has been happening for a hundred years and we're just all sort of you know we're using it as a bit of an excuse now or what do you boys think of that I think people are fairly aware yeah. of aware of it right now. Like it's become it's become the first thing after two races. People are on Twitter trying to tell you that aren't at the track how the track's playing and things like that. And it sort of grows a um, grows a mind of its own and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it was interesting to hear Dino say they left the grass longer there at um, at at Caulf- at Caulfield on Saturday, whereas 
at Rose Silverley other week, they'd cut it shorter. So you know, this is this is something that track managers have to ma- have to get right. And you know, sometimes sometimes they they get it wrong. Any comment from Dino uh, Munns? Boys, um, no. Look, I, I you know said about the the length of the grass, but uh, I mean, it's, and it's not an easy task. And I'm usually last onto a track bias, but it was evident Saturday at Caulfield uh, very early that uh, there was a you know three or four off was the minimum you wanted to be, and uh, anything closer to that inside was disadvantaged. Yeah, well, you know, when you look at it, 65 mils of irrigation went onto Caulfield in the previous seven days up until the races on Saturday. And and even on the Wednesday, uh, there was 58 mils of irrigation uh, went on it in that seven-day period uh, before the races. Now, that's sort of the level of the irrigation that goes onto Eagle Farm. And we know that Eagle Farm, you know, can cope with with that sort of situation. You know, they can have, um, you know, stack array. But then again, look at Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle had 84 mils of rain on Friday, and and we we trotted out on a soft six. Mm. Yeah, but they got there the outside fence there too, Munzer, which is oh yeah, that, there, at like, the end of the day. But I'm just saying at the start of the day, you know, Caulfield will still put up as a good four with 65 mils of irrigation uh, over, the, over the previous week. The, the other thing about these tracks now, the the way they the modern way they do them is quite often they have have really good drainage, so they've got to keep water up to them to keep the tracks in one piece, really. So it's more like golf course drainage than race course drainage, which, you know, sh- surely race courses need to retain water. Re- need to retain water. They don't just need it running through. I think we had a Melbourne Cup there a couple of years ago where uh, it was the biggest storm I think I've ever seen and seen when I've been in Melbourne. And I got got to the press room and was wringing out my sh- suit jacket. And by Melbourne Cup day, that time they were racing on a soft five, I think. So, you yeah, know, that shows piano. how good the drainage out of those tracks. That's right. Well, boys, let's talk about Sydney. Um, we'll touch on Melbourne in a moment. But just think it over, though. Very, very impressive. Um, I'll come to you here, Munns, uh, on this. I mean, favourite, very elegant. What did we make of very elegant in her return to the racetrack? And it's, I was very surprised that uh, to think it over drifted in the market because he was favourite with, uh, with the tab bookies and girls when they put their prices up. And, geez, he was dominant late, wasn't he? Well, it was a strange situation, Dave. Very Elegant actually went up favourite on Monday in the all-in market at $3.50 and Think It Over went up $4.50. By the time uh, the, the fields went up and came out Wednesday, they were put up $4.60 each of two. Very Elegant got out, Think It Over got in and got into a short of $3.90. It was a $4 chance on Saturday morning and Very Elegant was a $4.80 chance. And, you know, I, I thought, well, you know... Um, that's probably right. I can't see um, a huge sort of groundswell of professional money for Very Elegant. And I said this on Saturday morning and I, and I said it on Friday. She's a very, very popular horse. Now, she was one of the most popular horses with us in that race up until Friday, Saturday morning. But she'd got out in the market because people don't get the opportunity to back horses like Very Elegant at $4.85 or the like. But when Think It Over got to $7 there on Saturday and Very Elegant was $4.40, you said to yourself, well, hang on. Why why is Think It Over the horse, you know, getting out in the market as as quickly as it did? Um, I, I did think Colette would get out in the market uh, with the track being on the drier side, but she held a spot in the market. There wasn't, I would say, a, a significant move for any runner in particular in the race, but 
you know, they just decided that, you know, think it over was the horse they had to get out in the market. Well, you knew coming to the turn, you, 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 if you're on very elegant, you're in a lot of trouble. And if you're on think it over, you're very, very happy with yourself. What did you make of it, Dino? Pass mark for very elegant, obviously returning. Big fish to fry this prep. Yeah, very negative early, uh, out of the race pretty pretty early in the race, to be honest, Dave. She had to chase then from a long way out, so I thought her performance was uh, was more than adequate and back towards the inside, but he's become an absolute winning machine, uh, think it over. Yeah. I thought his trial was outstanding, and he ran right to that, and uh, you know, what's that, his seventh win at Randwick, he's, it's a good place to have that sort of habit. Did we expect her to be in that position, boys? Um, I mean, obviously we know she's a stayer resuming. Seven furlongs, very much short of what uh, she's capable of. We now know that. But do we expect it to be um, very elegant in that position early? Munns, Dino, Roots? Well, she, she had barrier one, Dave. And, you know, evidently James's idea was to try and get away from the fence. She typically races better when she's away from the fence. But yeah. uh, to think that she'd get as far back as she did... Well, he may not have thought, um, because it was only a late change of tactics uh, with I Am Superman. It begins well, he's going to you know, go forward and race handy. Well, I Am Superman and, and Riadini put on a much, much faster speed than what they thought. And I'm sure James probably you know, thought he'd just flop out on very early and have the one alley and be three, four pairs back on the fence. Well, you know, when they sort of put the foot down, she couldn't keep up there and uh, even coming to the turn or probably about the 700 he, he tried to get off the fence to make a bit of ground and then he said well there's not much point here she's not going that well so he just stayed closer to the inside and she only plugged away in the straight uh, Chris she what's always, the, some, some of the news to come out of the race mate just on it very elegant she always races flat first up a little bit below her best first up in the autumn I think we talked about this on Friday she ran third and fourth in that race with a smaller fields and she was always going to get back in an awkward position. And, and when they went so hard, and I wasn't really surprised because I Am Superman loves to roll. And when, when there was a sign of intent, there was always going to be, it wasn't going to be an easy lead there with Riadini. So it was one of those races where they got trucking. And in the end, I think it over ended up in the perfect spot, although it was taking everything up. I spoke to Kerry Parker last night and he said, I was a bit worried at the 600 because I, I thought I was going to be the bunny for something to come off my back and beat beat me but in the end he just went straight past them and nothing got near him. Kerry said during the day, he said I was confident going into the day but uh, during the day the more I saw him, the more I saw him in the stores and his demeanour I, I just got very very confident and, had, and doubled my bet so that was, the, that, was, that was a pretty good sign from the trainer. He's very happy with him. He's on the he's on a um, Queen Elizabeth um, path now. Whether whether that goes through a Ramvet or an Australian Cup will be decided later in the prep. I think he'll stay in Sydney. He's um, it, it's a it's easier than going down for one run in Melbourne. Although the Australian Cup's looking a very weak race, and whatever Sydney horses go down there will probably be pretty tight in the market because I think our our horses here have a a little bit on them on them at that at that trip. So, and with the All Star Mile taking away the quality from that race, it's um it makes it a very attractive horse. Race for people coming through. So, Kerry will um, will go to Chippy Norton next, and um, there was a few nice runs in behind there. I thought Ice Bath found the line well, well late as well. So, there'll be a few horses going towards that Chippy Norton would be roughly the same field, but probably better suited for very early that, that on that day. 
Right, um, let's go to Melbourne. Dino, uh, because we had the running of the ore, the CFO stakes uh, to Fane. Um, it's quite extraordinary. You know, they were going to sell her. They were going to um, depart with her, and uh, she has uh, she's justified not being sold. I will tell you what, because uh, obviously I remember that was around. Oh, that was around Stradbroke time, uh, yes. and then yeah. what she did with the CFO on the weekend. I mean, um, it was a lovely ride by Mark Zara, who I'm seeing on the Instagram. He's over at the Super Bowl, Mark. He's too good. Yeah, he didn't do any post-race interviews. He got <laughs> off Marbusher in the last. He had to get on the plane, and uh, uh, the mail is he flew from Melbourne to Sydney Saturday night, turned left, of course, and uh, <laughs> uh, and, and probably you? turned left. Uh, oh. Yeah, Muns, there wasn't left or right last time I was on a uh, on a plane. They, they just they, they strapped me to the propellers. Yeah, there's uh, only Wilbur and Orville. That's it. That's it. That's a, it's a long time ago. Uh, but uh, yes, look, she's a great example, I reckon, Tafane of, of you know as punters, you know, the, sometimes complain about or trainers riding horses or and jockeys riding them negatively and getting too far back and that she used to over race. They've taught her to settle, so they've taught her, you know, in in footy terms, they've taught her to defend. Now she can attack. She can go forward, and they know she's not going to pull. Uh, and she gets the you know she gets these results. So she's she was one group one from. 10 goes she's won three of her last five goes i think so she's a terrific mare and uh that was a, a beautiful ride because he took advantage of big change at the start lightsaber was just fiddling around in the barriers and he just did not uh, begin at all and he was you know pretty much a guaranteed leader so mark zara just straight across led dominated the race and uh from there, it was pretty straightforward. Lighthouse followed him through. They raced off the rail. They raced on the pace, but they raced off the rail. Cascadium was closest to the rail, uh, running third. But that race didn't change a lot from about the 600. Sierra Sue ran fourth. The good closing efforts were on Thunderstruck and Inspirational Girl, mm. uh, both home in, in the top five and six, uh, respectively, of the day, the last 200 metres. So they hit the line really nicely. What did uh, Jai McNeil say about the return of I'm Thunderstruck? Yeah, he was good. He was questioned by the stewards why he didn't improve uh, about halfway around the turn and he thought that uh, it was beneficial to, to get the cart around the turn before he came out and I thought the horse went really well. The race was probably, you know, it became very much an on-paces race from a long way out but what I liked is that when he went for him on Saturday, he went very straight uh, and that's two or three times now. So he seems to have got that ducking in out of his repertoire. And I still think his best performance of his uh, career in Melbourne was when he won at Flemington uh, early in his career. So the All-Star Miles at Flemington, he'll have to go to Caulfield one more time in the futurity. But come All-Star Mile Day, uh, I think uh, he'll be spot on. And what about, uh, before we get to our first caller, um, Sinawan, who I know that uh, a couple of weeks ago, you were, it, it, it's just the overs god, Dino. You can't be the overs god, but it's, what did you make of Sinawan? It's cruel, isn't it? Uh, he was poor. He had a beautiful run into the race. On the turn, I thought probably the leaders had had too good a run and he'd run maybe third or fourth, but he didn't, he didn't put a lot into his finish and that was disappointing uh, off that really good first up run and the Kevin Heffernan stakes win. So I know the stable were very buoyant about his chances. So you know, disappointing for him was at the shifting track because when he won the Kevin Heffernan stakes uh, back in uh, November, that track was closer to a two that day. So maybe he was disadvantaged on Saturday. We've got our first caller on the line, and if you want to get involved with the show, 135353 is the open line number. Let's get to Peter on the line. Morning, Peter. Oh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Very good, mate. What's your question? 
I've got two comments. Um, firstly, I want to give a shout-out to Kerry Parker and Nashua Willa. Not only has that horse think it over progressed, but the ride was a sensational ride from, from uh, Nash. And that horse, the way he's racing against that field, he could, he could win any race, 1,600, 2,000 weight for age in the country. Coming up, he's he's really progressed. It's a, it's an, a, mar, a marvelous training performance and a great riding performance. That's the first thing. Second thing is, I was watching Nowry yesterday, and in race four, Tommy Berry, who was riding down there, and I'm a great admirer of Tommy's, but Tommy jumped from barrier thirteen, came straight across to the rails, and he nearly took down three riders. I mean, they went, they just compressed against the rail. And yet the stewards say no culpable riding. I can't understand it. I think they should have a look at that. Okay. All right. Thanks for your comment. I haven't seen that uh, now array, so I'm not sure. Muns, etc. You uh, you saw that, but uh, just on now, it was. I did see the uh, performance of uh, the country championships qualifier, and Luke Clark is off to the uh, off to the big. Gee, it's a, it's a nice horse, isn't it, Muns? That winner, that Testator Sillins. Yeah, I actually did watch that uh, race stuff, and I actually watched that race together, and. Uh... He just wants to win, Dave. He's one of those horses that knows where the line is and, and, and can can find the line. I, I thought that, you know, Arna Kerr, we've, we, he's been a horse that we've had a little bit of a rap on for quite a while. He was gilded. We thought that might have been, you know, the making of him there, but he was he was disappointing again. I thought Blue Missile went out of this world, um, considering, you know, it was up on speed there when yeah. only was uh, run down the last little bit to the nine. So Tash Burley's got a, a runner qualified for the country championships, another runner there in the same colours as Al Mahaha a few years ago. And, uh, well, the Clarks at Braidwood, he's only got 10 in work and he's he's managed to uh, get a qualifier and it's into second favourite now for the, um, the the country championships. And far too easy, of course, the winner at Grafton yeah. on Saturday is the favourite for the the country championships. And you'll you'll see that, you know, once you're qualified, uh, you tend to be high up in the market because you'll get your at this stage you are guaranteed a start in the final. Yeah, there was big money, wasn't there, for um Yeah, there was about thirteen thousand at eight dollars, Dave, taken I think on Friday morning, may have been Thursday. Yeah. Uh, about far too easy. I think he was into a six dollar chance after that and after he won on Saturday was made four dollar fifty favourite. All right, we've got another caller on the line, Boydo. I think we've got joining us now David, morning, David. Hello, how are you going? Good, good that everyone's back after the Christmas break. So. Yeah, fantastic. It's What's your question, happy mate? Happy New Year, but Happy New Year to everyone. A bit late, but haven't spoken to you for a while. But um, Dean Argentia on um, Saturday, I thought, was one of the wins of the day. Um, you know, very big finish, and the time was pretty good, considering the track. Um, I don't want to know, what, what do you guys think? She's What sort of distance? I mean, is she going to be sort of a sprinter middle distance horse? Who gets back? You know, she's bred to win. You know, she's bred to run two thousand by. Or oh, she's actually bred um, to almost run twenty four hundred. Really, she's one of the best bred horses I've seen for a while. Like, what what do you think her distance will be? Will she just get better and better as she go to a mile? And what what, what has Friedman? What do they think her um, ideal distance is? Yeah, well, I think that's right, uh, David. I mean, being by Frankly at a Princess Cope, and uh, we thought in the spring that she was probably going to be the thousand guineas filly but she suffered a back pretty severe back injury at that uh, one run at Mooney Valley and I just wanted to see her come back uh, yesterday on Saturday she trialed up 
quite well. She hadn't been asked to do a lot, but that was a stunning win on Saturday. Forget track biases and everything, just to come from the back and do it. She didn't run down a good filly in scorched earth. They ran time, as you said. Uh, I don't know where she fits in, but she's lovely and relaxed. Why won't she get you know, minimum 1,600 metres? Yeah, uh, but is there any reason why they think rap. she couldn't stay? Like, she couldn't win over 2,400? Is there any reason why they think? They haven't really said anything like they've just set up to a mile. They haven't said anything at yeah, I think they'll just let her find her, her way uh, where her level is. I, I don't think they they know because they learnt nothing out of the spring because she had that one run and was injured and she only had the straight track run before that. So I think she'll just find her level as she goes along. Munns? I was going to say, we've got to give a rap. Uh, I know he's not on this morning, but he is on many, many days during the week here. Mark Hunter and, and Dean, will, Dean will back him up here because he's, he's a good mate of Dean's. But Mark said on Saturday morning, he said, oh, I'm just, the trainer said this can't win, but I'm telling you, this is a very, very good horse, uh, yeah. Argentia, and I still think it'll win. And I tell you what, he was proven correct. Yeah, it was uh, it was a really good call by Mark, and you just had to have a good imagination that she was going to you know, come from last, round them up, and and win, and she did all of that, and this year just too good for them. You know, as I said, Scorched Earth ran well, and do you reckon the third filly there? Uh, she's a uh, she's a good filly as Fura. I mean, she came through uh, a, a win at Stall two starts back, and she rode a very fast speed, and all the other speed horses dropped off, and she was there at the end. All right, we've got another caller on the line. Uh, Chris uh, is on the line. Morning, Chris. Morning, Dave. Um, can I talk about um, you think so on Saturday um, in the Apollo? I cannot believe that he won with that much authority against that quality of field. And I got the, I got the feeling after the race that Nash was a bit the same. We know Nash is pretty low-key. He doesn't go overboard. He's not prone to exaggeration or anything. But I think he just suddenly thought, my God, this this guy is really good. Um, one other thing, one other thing in the run. I mean, like, Rosini came back on him. He had to, I think it surprised Nash how quickly he came back on him. So he had to sort of balance again and change course a bit. And that probably cost him another half a length at least as well. So I just thought he was absolutely outstanding on Saturday. And is he, is he uh, a very, very good horse? Chris, I think Nash has always had an opinion of him because um, he was he was very very keen on him during the during the, the spring and and but the horse has obviously come back a lot better and keeps getting better and that's what Kerry said he he goes he's just gone to another level again so he's one of those horses that was always around this you got to remember he ran fourth or fifth in the Queen Elizabeth last year off a preparation that wasn't suited because remember he got scratched in a Doncaster. On the day when he got a little scratch in the float and the stewards took him out, and I know Kerry was very disappointed. And the fallback position was to go to the Queen Elizabeth, and then in the in the spring, instead of going to Melbourne, they decided to target the million dollar bonus that Racing New South Wales put up for the Rose Gold Cup and Caravan Plate and got the job done there, where he had to carry a big penalty in the Rose Gold Cup. So he's um he might have got under a few people's guards that he's he's been well placed to. To, to maximise the prize money he could have got. Now, um, he hasn't had to race against the, the real top liners that went to Melbourne and things like that. And he, he's had, had that race craft. He's got that winning experience. And he keeps going out and he keeps winning. So he might just be just be one that's 
still under a lot of people's guards, but he he's definitely up in the top echelon of um. I think he, I think he's under people's guards in a way because he's a popular horse, a bit like maybe buffering, um, and happy clapper. People loved the horses, but all of a sudden there was the realization that not only not only are they very popular, they're very good, and this horse is very 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 good. So, I think you know, I'll, I'll chime in there, uh, Chris. I think too. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about these high horses in a minute because we saw two high horses in Sydney and uh, bookies get the lot. But I think if, and no disrespect to Kerry Park, he's a champion horseman and a very, very good bloke. But if Chris Waller was trading, think it over. I don't think it would have, um, I think it would be, would have been much shorter in the market. Do you boys agree with that or disagree with that? Munns? Well, correct. Well, it was short. That's, that's, that's what, what happens. You get it. You get a, you get, um, you get a little premium on the price. We talk about the J-Mac tax with horses he rides. Well, um, smaller trainers, you get a you get you get a little, little bit extra on the price because of who they tra- who trades them. When when people gravitate towards your Waller, Waterhouses, O'Shea's, Nodens, you know they, they're the ones that people want to be with for the Dolphin. And these trainers have got one or two horses, but what you've got to look at with these blokes. Who, who continually come up, you know, your David Van Dykes, your Kerry Parkers, they they get a good horse and they know what to do with them. And they time and again, when they get the right horse, they get the job done. I know, I know Kerry has been... Oh, we just lost Chris Roots here. We just lost Chris. Have we lost Chris? Boydo. Bridge, I think. So back. He, he's um, really... He's, he's one of those blokes who, who, when he gets a good one, he knows exactly what he's doing. Munns, were you going to chime in there before I quickly take a break? Well, I was just going to say, you know, he, he, um, the, the biggest shock on Saturday, I think, was the fact that how he got out in the market. When, when you consider, you know, where he was all week and why did it just become Saturday that he, that he had to get out in the market like he did? We'll take a break. You're on Punters Postmortem 9.35 when we return. We're going to have a look more at the Melbourne races and uh, the two-year-olds as they get ready for the Blue Diamond, of course, this coming weekend. And we'll also chat about Espiona and Metallicity, two horses that uh, very much had the boom on them but didn't get the job done for punters. Back shortly. Glenn Schofield on the Durban Jockey Academy. I remember watching a TV show on the life of an apprentice jockey. It sort of took my interest and I said to my parents, I said, well, that's what I want to do and I don't think I'd ever spent a night away from home and I was accepted into the Jockey Academy with, I think, 49 other boys. They, they do an annual intake and I spent five good years as an apprentice in, in Durban and that's where I end up spending my adult life as well. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. West is best. Don't miss the next superstar to emerge from Western Australia at the Perth Yearling Sale held at Magic Millions Swan Valley Complex, February 22 and 23. Recent graduates of the sale include star gallopers Gemma's Son, Portland Sky, Samistat and the mighty Blackheart Bard. The 2022 catalogue features 338 outstanding lots by 84 individual sires from local champions to Australia's best. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com.au. Dali Stallions, they win. Modophilia is stretching, lunging, and got up to win it. Modophilia claims the two group ones in a week. She has done something no filly has ever done. And that is her third group one win. They sell. Kermanek filly. Here's the hammer. I sell. They get you to the big days. That is 100 career group one wins. Dali Stallions, they win. They sell. They get you to the big days. 
You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You certainly are listening to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, and we're taking your calls on 13.53.53. We've got a caller on the line, Bob. Morning, Bob. Good morning. What's your question, Bob? <laughs> I just want to talk to mention you blokes about this very elegant. Yes. The hype that was on her. I mean, anyone... I've been punting for nearly 80 years. I'm 88 years old. And the first thing you realise was very elegant was that one, the Tamir resuming. Two, she drew barrier one, which she hates being in the middle of a field. And she was up against seasoned sprinters like Think It Over, who was racing really well. She never stood a chance from the start. She would have been 50 to 1 in any book, any sense. Fair point, Bob. Fair point. Thanks for your call this morning, mate. Keep punching. We've got uh, John on the line. Morning, John. Morning, fellas. Uh, Dean, the, um, in the ore stakes, the statistics for Beamoth and uh, Sarah Sue regarding um, track, uh, distance, track and distance and first up were really compelling and I was very disappointed particularly with Bohemoth uh, Sierra Sue raced closer than I've seen her before and she may have needed the run, what are your thoughts please? Uh, she has raced close before she got into a habit of getting back a bit last time in, I think she raced okay, uh, Bohemoth obviously raced below his best, I was a bit worried he was so big in condition two weeks ago but I sort of trusted the the uh, the stable to have him spot on Saturday. He raced poorly, and I believe uh, he's on his way back to Adelaide. But he's the, they're stopping in and doing a full uh, vet scan and everything at the Ballarat Vet Hospital today. So try and find if there was any reason because they uh, he had a I think a minor slow recovery, but he, he was yeah very poor by his standards. He he just never runs like that. No, that's right. You know and. Uh... Yeah, I was very disappointed too because, as I was saying, mm. statistics for both of them were were very attractive, but uh, that's racing. Absolutely. Mm. Thanks for your call, John. I think we've got another caller there, uh, Boyd. Have we got um, Wombat on the line? Morning, Wombat. Hey, boys. Hey, Munz, this is a question for you, mate. On Saturday, there was a Philly Miss Babichet, and, mate, she persisted with a run up the inside. And at a really crucial stage, about 150 metres out, mate, she went into a wall because the horses closed in on her. And she went to the line uncontested with a lap full of horse, that girl that was riding her. Mate, um, what do you think of that run? And, like, they're really wrapping the horse that won the race. But I think that she could have won the race, really, if, if, if she'd come down the outside. What's your thoughts there? Well, mate, I really liked her Saturday, um, and I've made it one of my horses to follow because she didn't get a decent crack at them, and basically you said exactly what happened to her on Saturday. Everywhere that Rachel King wanted to go, there wasn't room there for it, and when she sort of half got a gap at probably the 150-metre mark, the horses in front of her just rolled out a fraction and then chopped her out again. So I just want to see her again because her trial was too good. And I thought she'd win that race Saturday. And, um, you know, that w- when you're on them and, and they don't have any luck like she is, you've got to follow them again. Yeah. Well, look, I did notice with her barrier trial that if you look, she was a lather of sweat. On the home turn, she was six lengths off Extravagant Star at minimum six lengths. And then she powered down the, um, down the outside of that field in the barrier trial. And, and from, from about the 200, if you clocked her from the 200 to the winning post... She's ran about 21.9, just a tick under 22 for that final 
um, you know, like 400 metres. That, that's an amazing time for a barrier trial for a horse under a hole. Oh, certainly. And uh, as I said, you've got, you, you've got to stick with her. You've definitely got to give her another chance. Thanks for your call, Wombat. Uh, Matthew's on the line. Morning, Matthew. G'day. What's your question, mate? Um, I've just been uh, betting on the horses for a hell of a long time now. I can't remember uh, anything like it is now with the three good young apprentice jockeys coming through. I don't think I've seen too many better. Which ones are they, mate? Reese Jones and Tyler Shuler and Tommy Sherry. They can ride. They can ride, mate. Um, and uh, we look with for Pike when he gets here. Yeah, well, Pikey is Pikey's here tomorrow, isn't he? Well, he's already here, yeah, but um, tomorrow. He's at Wyong tomorrow, Pikey. So thanks for your call, Matt. Yeah, you know, we've got, uh, got a winner on the weekend. Good young kids coming through, uh, certainly, and we see that across the board. There's a couple of good apprentices up there in Queensland, um, too. Uh, let's talk about. Melbourne. Uh, I've got a text here on the text line um, about uh, Probabil in the last, and she just loves winning. Um, and was well back too, wasn't she, Dino? Uh, well, yeah, she was the standout uh, in that race, Dave, and, and she'd won the race last year. She'd won the spring equivalent, uh, winning the, the Cockrum, and it just seems like a good kickoff point. 1,200 at Caulfield for her, and uh, the, the race just set up well she only got there in the last couple of strides but it was a good win and she'll now go to the futurity and then she'll hopefully join into the all-star mile conversation as well so uh no it was a a good effort flying mascot uh, i know the owners are keen to get to the all-star mile she's a really good mare uh i I think she'll just fall short uh votes wise but she's uh she's a good mare and and maria me is having a career best prep but uh yeah probably now goes to the futurity a race that she won last year all right, we'll come back up to Sydney now. And just, just actually a comment. I might get a comment, boys, on, on Metallicity uh, from all of you because we did touch on that uh, before that caller spoke about uh, the Sergeant uh, Philly. Um, Dino, what did you make of Metallicity, looking from afar? Just thought he looked green. Uh, he just didn't look like he knew what to, how to put a race away. Got himself into a good spot. Got a bit climbing in his action. Uh, the horses with the momentum got to him. I thought uh, held on okay. Uh, I think he's got a lot to learn. All right. Uh, Chris, what did the stables say? I know you've got, you're close with the Snowden boys. Were they, obviously they would have been disappointed, but also they've got a, a lot to work with there. Yeah, they were, uh, the feeling was they went rather quick in front. He ended up outside the lead and they think he's a better chaser. So they're not dropping off on a golden slipper ambitions. I think you'll, you'll see him again maybe in a couple of weeks. And I'd, I'd be very surprised if he's ridden on speed. I think he'll be ridden back and allowed to find the line and, you might see a different horse. So um, I know straight after the race they were they were um, they weren't all that disappointed that he kept holding on the way he did because he he was just as great as Dino said, very green and just didn't know what what to do in once he got into that field. It was what even money to start proceedings, uh, Glenn. When it was like I think you were doing the preview. Um, or maybe just a little bit above two dollars, and uh, what what did the SP? So it was almost like the market didn't want to be with him. Uh, well, uh, Timmy Ryan said um, on uh, Saturday HQ with uh, Richard Haynes, it was uh, he, they were very bullish to lay a number of runners there on Saturday, and it, and it was the first one. He said, "Well, we put it up three dollars fifty on Monday. That's what we think its right price is. Albeit there was a couple of horses that didn't accept." 
uh, for the race uh, that were, were nommed on Monday. And Timmy said, oh, this will get out. He actually pushed it out midway through talking to Richard Haynes there, I thought I think at one stage, and uh, you, you knew that it was it was going to get out. But sometimes uh, it's it's like the the snowball effect. When someone wants to get it out, it's then a race to get it out. Uh, we got it out to as much as three dollars twenty, but when they jumped, there was three dollars forty available uh, out wide. But the, 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 they'd got enough out of it, uh, chasing it from the two dollars to the three dollars twenty, to not have to get any more out of it. Now uh, let's talk uh, Espiona. Boys, uh, the the light fingers. Uh, firstly, what do we make of the favourite? I might come in that same order again. I'll go to you here, Dino. What did you make of Espiona? Uh, I thought she was uh, fine. I mean, obviously the hype was that she'd go and win. Uh, she, I thought, she had a little bit of inexperience on straightening. She wanted to lay in that little bit. Uh, she was three wide. She'd carted the winner virtually into the race, and the winner's very good. She'd beaten the males in the Carbine Club, so. Uh, no disgrace there at all. Just the the height factor, but she'll improve off that. And uh, she's still, you know, obviously a very high grade of filly, but uh, she, she succumbed to a, a, a good stable mate on Saturday. Yeah, I know that uh, Chris, uh, obviously, you know, fangirl gets the job done. The horse you were tipping up, uh, Jamea, on the, the panel on Friday. Gee, she's run a, bu- a big, big race. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting race, wasn't it? I think Zuzarelli cut the breeze three wide with... Espiona on her back, and then Jamea on 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 Espiona's back, and Fangirl back towards the inside. So at the on the point of the turn, if you go and watch the video and the steward footage shows this, Hugh Bowman he is just riding in outstanding form. He just got got put Fangirl in a position where it put the pressure on Jamea, which was absolutely trucking at the time, just enough to get a get a get her to over race. And Tommy just got flushed on the turn when he could have. He preferably would have liked to sit on the back of Espiona, follow it into the straight, and then come off its back uh, probably another 50 or 100 metres later, and that was the winning of the race. Huey got the run. He got the split between the, the other two fillies, and she was very strong late, which was no surprise to anyone because she's going to get over a mile and further, Fangirl. It was a very good win. I'm not dropping off Jamea, I think. She, if she gets the right run in the, in the surround, she'll give both those fillies a hurry up. And um, I thought Zuzarella was pretty tough to stick on after punching the breeze three wide. What about uh, this market, Munns, and, and how this unfolded? I mean, obviously, uh, Espiona didn't drift as savagely, as we say, with her middleicity in the first. Uh, well, it did get to $1.75 in the middle of the day, uh, Dave, and um, we tried to keep telling you, you know, Friday it would get out, it would get out, it would get out, but it did get to a, it touched a dollar seventy five with us, and a, a similar situation uh, with Metallicity in the first. They got it to a dollar seventy five, and they got plenty out of it. And then next minute it was uh, back into a dollar fifty, and it jumped to dollar sixty with us. Um, once again, the boys that they wanted to, Timmy said on Saturday morning, he said, oh, "I don't want it to be a horrible result, but he definitely wanted to be uh, a bad result and be a loser in that situation." Uh, but w- once again the the, the strange thing there was the fact that it, it did finish up, I think it may have even SP'd $11 bar uh, with Espiona. I think she SP'd $1.55 or $1.60, but, you know, $11 the second picks, and I think you find four moves ahead, Jamea and Fangirl all ran sort of equal second favourites uh, at $11 after, well, four moves ahead was a good firm up throughout the day, um, and Jamea and, and Fangirl got out in the market, but, you know... Uh, I, I wouldn't, once again, I, I wouldn't be sacking 
Espiona, it was a you know it was a very very big test for you when you consider we spoke about it on Friday, Dave. You know the horses that she'd been beating, um, you know she'd basically been beating up maidens, and and here she was. You know you, you, they wanted you to take a dollar fifty about her in a you know resuming against quality opposition. You knew she had to get out in the market, but uh, high horses again, high horses um, they are going to attract a lot of attention. And I think the the most surprising aspect, Dean, is the fact that Zuzuella, who you've seen more than what we have, where she found this early speed from. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if that was, uh, I don't know if that was by design or what, Munns, but uh, geez, she's a better horse ridden back, I think. Anyway, uh, I thought her run was terrific on Saturday, but uh, yeah, she'd never been really asked to do that uh, in her first campaign. She was just sort of let you know find her feet and run home, but uh, yeah, Saturday she was up there punching all the way. It was it was a very good run, uh, and yeah, she's she's in amongst them, that's for sure. And what about four moves ahead? Sorry, Rude, I was just going to say, what about four moves ahead? Just with uh, the stewards' report, obviously um, Nash, they, they went forward from that wide barrier, but uh, she just wouldn't settle. And um, I guess both Mr Sargent and also Nash were just concerned. She she will obviously have a, a thorough veterinary evaluation and they'll be, that'll be provided to the stewards, but she seemed to knock up quite badly there, probably more so than they um, they believe she would. Well, just Chris? with the blinkers on, Dave, and, and the fact that they did yeah. give her a dig up early, uh, she just over-raced it and knocked mm-hmm. up, you know, probably similar in a way to what Maximal did uh, in the Apollo Stakes. They, they, you know, the, you, you didn't think they'd be as close as what they were and trucking, and then, you know, they just hit the brick wall and knock right up. What were you going to say, she Chris? Was, she, she was disappointing. Ball moves ahead to my eye. I thought, you know, she, she was probably the best filly as a two-year-old, but I think the other fillies have... Well and truly caught her up now, and I think there's there's other 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 people who are other other fillies that you'd want to be with going forward. Now, Just going now, forward out of that race, Dave. Yeah. Um, for 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 punters, there was early accepted early norms for the for for the surround stakes, and the stable with Jamea for didn't realise the early norms were going in, so it's going to cost them ten thousand now to pay a late late entry. It will be paid. Um, it. They nominated her for every race during the championships. They, when they when they put all the entries in, but for some strange reason, the surrounds the only other race that calls for early norms, and they um they just didn't they they just didn't right. put her in. So it's a ten thousand dollar mistake, mistake yeah. but it's going to be it's going to be paid. So um, okay. I know it's in some markets, it's not in the tab market. So um, yep. it might be worth being put put into the tab market. I can hear Munns typing already on the keyboard. That'll be in very very soon. Uh, what have we got? Espiona two dollar favourite at the moment, and Fangirl three fifty. Then uh, did we know? Dino, did uh, the Freeman Stable give any indication of where uh, Gentia is off to? Because she is in this all-in market, a third favourite for the surround stakes. Or are they going to keep her in Melbourne for something? Or yeah, I think that was what they were weighing up. I think. Uh... Not that the win took them by surprise on Saturday or ability, but uh, certainly her fitness. And uh, in the post-race, Sam Friedman mentioned that they'd weigh up. Uh, I mean, the option is the Angus Amanasco here, then into the CUNY down here, both Group 2 options, or go to the Group 1 surround and then maybe a Coolmore or something like that with a, a lightweight. So I suppose that's what they've got to weigh up. Obviously, they've showed their intention with Zuzarella. She's up there. So, uh, yeah, it's... Um, no, I would think that... Uh, off the performance she put in, uh, I'd be thinking she should be having a go at the surround, but uh, yeah, it's you know, travelling her up there and how she comes through that first up run. All right, we're going to take another Sydney break. Owned, so she's yeah. Sydney owned, so yeah. um, that might 
might help encourage them to come. All right, we'll take a break on punters post-mortem. When we return, we're going to still take some of your calls, 13.53.53, and we'll also get the horses to follow from the team. Catalogues available now for the 2022 Nutrien Equine Yearling Sales. Presenting Australia's best standard bred horses. With the Sydney sale set to take place on the 20th of February 2022 at Inglis Riverside Stables Warwick Farm. Featuring 110 quality yearlings. Don't miss your opportunity to be part of the Nutrien experience. Order your catalogue today. For more details, visit nutrienequine.com.au. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your summer workwear and corporate gear. We stock all the big brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD, NNT and Fashion Biz with the biggest range of shirts, shorts, work boots and safety gear. Does your business need a fresh look? We've got you covered with our custom branding service. Come in store or we'll come to you. Open seven days till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. From suits to boots, we've got you covered. Don't miss the English Premier Yilling Sale, the source of recent star gallopers, Nature Strip, Ole Kirk, Mask Crusader, Senna and Elaine and Gitra. Sale is at Oakland's on February 27 and 28 and March 1. Catalogue available now at inglis.com.au. The New South Wales Country Championship Qualifiers. Southern Districts 2020. Sky Call got to the lead from Benelong Dancer. This'll do and real key at Sky Call Benelong Dancer. And Sky Call takes it out from Benelong Dancer. 2021. To Kiss a Cot, it's the front from Bortista and another one. Another one jumped out of the ground late. May have nailed Bortista to Kiss a Cot. It's a cliffhanger in the SDRA qualifier. Another one is first. The Southern Districts Country Championship Qualifier this Saturday at Wagga Wagga. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, you're on Punters Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio and it is not too long until it's uh, hitting 10 o'clock. We'll have a preview of Scone Racing today. We've got a couple of callers, though, uh, still to come on 13.53.53. I think we've got uh, Balmain. Um, now, is it Balmain Max, Boydo? Balmain Max. G'day, mate. Hey, How are you? G'day, mate. How are you, Balmain? Good day, uh, Dave. I've just got one for uh, Dean Lester, mate. Yes, Max. Yeah, Dino, did you kick yesterday from Sale of the Century Race 2? Sorry? So uh, we're talking about... Kick? Jamie Carr wrote it, mate. Yeah, it yeah, right yep, it. yep. Soon to be husband, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah one easy. think of it? Ah, uh, it's a not... 103.82 for the 1100. What do you think of that? Yeah, it was a nice win. Uh, beat a horse that had won trials easily and... They beat the rest out of sight. Uh, I read uh, Rod Douglas, who's the manager of uh, Pinecliff Racing. Uh, he tweeted out after the race there'd be no thought of it going as a late entry into a Blue Diamond or anything. So uh, you'll see it in a, in a probably a stakes race in the next few weeks, and it'd be hard to beat, I'd imagine. It, it's a, a sharp horse. Yeah, no, I, I was just uh, more or less interested in the Blue Diamond, mate, but as you say, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think they've got that much interest no. in that at this stage. So we just wait a couple of weeks now. She'll win the Premiership too, uh, Dino. Well, she'll ride the most winners. She can't win the Premiership, Jamie Carr. That's because so, she's been suspended for longer than two months. So she will, even if she rode the most winners, she wouldn't be acknowledged as the Premiership winning rider. 
All right, uh, let's get to our next caller, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Dave. Hey, boys. Um, just about far too easy. I've been on the program a few times with the Duff saying out what sort of a horse he is. And he, he's running sat, uh, at, uh, at Graft. It was enormous. I'm just wondering from the boys, really, it's the only bad luck going to beat this horse in the fall. And I say that in all due respect because that runner in the gold case, the three-year-old millions where Jamie was in it and Keir Sparta and whatever, was that... that top-class run, and it was wide all the way. And I just feel that if he draws, can draw a bit of a barrier, because the one thing I did notice on Saturday, Munch would notice, notice this, is he got out of the barrier a lot better, but Ash Morgan looked after it and took it back in the field with a, with a three-wide claim. So my question is simply this. Will Ali bad luck boot him in his country championship? Oh, well, we haven't, we haven't seen uh, a lot of horses at the moment. He, he's, now, he's now three for three at Grafton. Uh, he's trained at Willembar. Uh, he's, it's, it's a massive effort uh, for David to get him to come to Sydney, I think. Um, I, I think he's well under the odds at the moment at $4.50 uh, to win the final. But as I said at the start of the show, the, the reason they're as short as they are is they have qualified for the final and they have laid him already. I thought his win was good on Saturday. He, made, he was made to do a little bit of work the last half of the race and uh, he was getting tired just the last little bit. Zoomist had had, you know, the sweeter run. Uh, was only sort of um, got run into about a neck at the finish there. But, you know, it, what he's done... No, it's hard to bag what he's done in his career by any stretch of the imagination. If you look at him now, he's had, uh, that was his eighth start on Saturday for five wins and a second. Uh, he'd run second to Mimi Lagarde in, in the gold edition at Eagle Farm. Now, Mimi Lagarde was one of the runs in the Magic Millions, um, finished in front of Far Too Easy, but only basically alongside it, uh, just in front of it. So, you know, the form stood up out of the race at the gold edition and then carried forward to the Magic Millions guineas. King of Sparta, he was disappointing on Saturday, but remember, he was coming back in distance and he was taking on older horses. Um, you know, the market said there was only two possibles in the race on Saturday, Far Too Easy and, Z and Zakina, sorry, not Zoomist, uh, Zakina, and they ran 1-2, and Zakina was coming off, uh, you know, a midweek Class 3 win. Uh, at Doombin, so you know it, it, it didn't come off anywhere near as strong a form as what far too easy it had. But you know the 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 two top picks ran one two as you would expect. But I still think it's a it's a going to be a big big test for him to come to Sydney. All right, uh, thanks for your call, mate. Let's get some horses to follow. Dino, your horses to follow, mate, from the meeting there in Melbourne. Uh, I think uh, a filly that ran in race two. Yes, it was a good day to run on, but burning power. Uh, just might be an Australian Oaks filly. Uh, she's a really smart staying type for Patrick Payne and ran well against the boys in the autumn stakes. So I I'm, had a little something on her in the uh, Australian Oaks, uh, burning power. Uh, Sumatra, I black booked her a few weeks ago. She ran well again on Saturday. Uh, she won't be winning a blue diamond, but a blood horse breeders or a size produce or something like that, she might be very hard to beat. And... The Melbourne Cup place get a Spanish mission. It was hard to miss his good first up run. He looked great. Uh, and he's on the Australian Cup path. And the Australian Cup does look a little bit light for chances. Uh, he's right in the mix. All right, fantastic. Uh, Munns, your horses to follow? Well, I, I told that caller earlier, he's got to stay on the back of uh, Miss Fabergé. I thought her run, you know, you, you've got to stay on the back of a day because I, I, I did like her Saturday and you never really got, um, you know, 100% whether she was a yay or a nay, so you've got to give her another chance. I thought uh, Superium was very, very good in uh, the the Southern Cross. It's just a matter of what race is going to be the best race for Superium. Uh, I think he's better on a, on a sort of flint-hard track, 
and he's also uh, 1,200 is his, his absolute right distance. And I was very, very impressed with how Jewess uh, found the line the last sort of 75 metres in the Apollo Stakes. I think she's well on track uh, for whatever she's going to be going into, probably a couple of runs um, until she finds the right race she's in. But I'd be on those three horses at the moment out of Saturday. Miss Fabergé, Superium and Jewess. All right, and Chris Roots, your horse to follow. I'm going to stick with Jamea. I think she's absolutely airborne, and uh, I think ridden back in a surround stake, she can get the better of the two Walla Phillies. So I'll be uh, I'll be waiting to see what price she goes up in a couple of minutes on the tab. Um, and I thought Promise of Success, she's a horse that likes to get to the outside and doesn't like to be cluttered up. She drew barrier one on the weekend, was back towards the inside. I thought she was very good. I can't see Snap Dancer getting to 1,500 metres in the Cornwall, which makes her run probably the best run out of that race for a Cornwall Classic. So I'll be sticking with her. Fantastic. Uh, before we go, we've got uh, one more caller on the line, Ken. Uh, good morning, Ken. Yeah, morning, fellas. This is one for Dino. Earlswood yes. Import that raced on Saturday. What do you think of it? And the trainer, Matty Raymond. Uh, super job to win with it. Hadn't trialled, had a couple of exhibition gallops, can only improve. It's the other one probably right in the Australian Cup picture. It and Spanish Mission uh, both ran enormous. So, yeah, it was an unbelievable training effort. And that horse had good form in Ireland. So uh, no shock that he won on ability, but uh, we just hadn't seen him. So it was a terrific training effort. And you were going to chime in there, Glenn? I was going to tell you, Dave, that um, I did punch Jamea into the system there and it's gone up an $8 chance in the surround. Perfect. $8 for Jamea. Gentlemen, enjoy your day, uh, whatever you may be up to, whether it's playing some golf, uh, Super Bowl, etc. Uh, thanks for coming on and we'll chat to you next Monday.